Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Doing two this week. It's just been so many Rogans that we're just, we gotta, gotta squeeze them in. Uh, joined as always by my fearless co-host, Todd. What's no happening? Fear. No fear, buddy. Remember those shirts back in the day? Oh yeah, classics. So classic. Classics. I bet if you have a bunch of those, they'd be worth some money. Who knows? Well, we're starting with uh, Michu Kaku. Then we're going to go on to Polly, and if we have time, we will throw in um, Mr. Hennessy there. But it wasn't kind of a lot there. But anyway, let's get started. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Michio. What a guy. Mkaku.org. M-K-A-K-U dot O-R-G. Check it out, folks. What a man. Yeah, so, quantum computing. Using atoms. So, ones and zeros to using atoms. I can't even fathom the difference. Did you see, I saw a photo of somebody holding an actual quantum computer. Like, you've got the, the matrix of the computer, right? It looks like a huge chandelier. Yeah. Which I don't really understand. It's, Just, co- it's all cooling stuff. Okay. Because it has to cool it to, like, almost absolute zero. Unreal. Because any, so heat is just vibration in atoms, basically. Right. So they got to stop all the vibrations. And I guess we're just not very good at making shit that cold. So mm. we got to build a giant chandelier. Yeah, and then the actual computer is, like, Tiny. smaller than your hand. That doesn't even make any sense. I don't me. get it. Yeah. I'm trying, it's to, like, trying it's, to understand it. You're telling me the first one of these we build can already fit in an iPhone? And it's saying it's a million times more powerful than your desktop computer what now. Does, what, what is that? A million times? That's what he said. Meaning it's going to crack every single code that we've ever had, so there's no secrets anymore. It just it doesn't make sense to me, though, because think of even, even when you make leaps in technology, right? Yeah. They invent yeah. the car, and then we went from horses and carriages, and now we have a car. And the car was, like, I guess a bit faster, but it wasn't like they, they, they didn't immediately make a Tesla, next to a horse and a carriage. And even that wouldn't be a million times more advanced. I just don't know if we're going to be able to handle a jump like that. Well, it's because of Moore's Law, right? It's saying that technology... Oh, doubles every no, 20 more years than that. or Moore, something? Moore's Law is technology doubles every eight months. Okay. So if you're talking about a carriage and a Tesla next to each other, we've gotten to that point however many years later, 100 years. Right. Right? But... Technology is getting better every eight months. Kind of exponentially. Eight times better. So this exponential growth is just a straight up fucking vertical line at this point. It's pretty steep. <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah. So it is unfathomable. Unfathomable. We're going to need... Uh, That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough word. If we had a quantum computer right now... it's so hard to understand. It could say that word correctly for us so we don't sound so dumb. But well, let's try. But not I just, to, I just want to take a second to like think though. A million times, it's like at some point, 
the computers will be a million times faster. Like it will go from like one week we had this, yeah, to boom. Now we can solve every f- problem that we ever put into it instantly. Yeah, and there's a race to get to the top. And wh- do you think it- that just wrecks the stock market? You I know? Don't know, like that's been growing, and they always say that's the place to put your money. Those like long term, you know, S and P five hundred or whatever. Just stick it in there. Just stand back, let it go for your life. But now we've got super, super duper computers doing it, making trades, buying things. It's like, well, does it just figure out how to game that whole system? It like sucks all the money away from everyone instantly. We got one country, one like company that built this thing, and now they're the most powerful um, thing that exists. Well, ac- yeah, according to Mr. Kaku, that whoever gets to this horse race, whoever wins this horse race, whether it's Microsoft, Honeywell, you know, who else? IBM, Google, right? Those are your top dogs. Yeah. He's te- he's saying whoever, whichever nation gets to this first will dominate the world economy. Jesus. So well, it, why isn't everyone d- investing in this then? Well, I th- I mean, it we should like be building all the biggest one. companies <laughs> are investing in it. What 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 could you make sense of how he's claiming the Chinese are using lasers instead of electricity to create these quantum computers? He said they're using optical means instead of electrical means. Yeah, I don't. I just don't get it. Well, I don't know what the difference would be. Don't know either. You know, I mean, if it's okay, so what is he talking about? It's it uses atoms, both both of the types. Right. So one is electricity. So I don't know what is that electrical. Atoms and then photon atoms. I don't think they're the right. same thing. But yeah, he didn't atom, really go into the, what the difference is. I think it's great though that people are going at it from different angles. Yeah, absolutely. You know, see which one works. But maybe you know, if one maybe doesn't need as much cooling, then that might be a huge advantage because mm-hmm. I think that's kind of part of the problem now. But once a computer has that much knowledge at its fingertips and it can compute things that fast, what what do we not know anymore? Good question. I mean, is that just going to solve, you know, nuclear fission? You'd imagine it will solve most of the problems we can. But like we, we don't want to solve problems, though. Well, but I mean, in physics, you do. They're always solving things. You know, Agreed. chemistry, medicine. That sounded cool. The medicine thing was cool. Like they we're could, just like, going to know everything right away. We're just going to know Alzheimer's, how to cure it. Yeah, cure that, cure cancer, it's, cure these things. Again, it's something that is really hard to make sense of. Yeah. But listening to him talk and his excitement, I mean, the dude's 76 years old. He sounds like a 40-year-old man. Loves He's it. so excited. Looks great, too. Joe was right. I mean, he does not look like an old man. He just looks like a wizard. <laughs> he is a wizard. He is a wizard. He is a wizard. The guy He's so sweet was too. was making best. what did he make in his garage? Oh, a particle accelerator. A particle accelerator at seventeen years old in his mom's a, garage. And remember, this is before Google. I mean, he had to go to the library and right. get books and figure this stuff out. And Wait. hope that the one book he found was good. I mean, it, it's just, it's mind-boggling how smart this dude is. I, I, w- I want to read this book, but I just don't know if I'll understand anything in it. Um, but I'm sure he's made it, like, you know, 
digestible I hope for like so. regular folks. He could, well, because remember, he's he's like an educator f- primarily, mm-hmm. right? He's not just mm-hmm. this massive brainy scientist that only talks to other scientists. He does TV shows. He talks to lots of regular people. So he has a knack for like dumbing down what's going on. And, you know, I'm sure it's it's pretty good. I mean, Neil deGrasse's Tyson, his books are good. And they're super wild concepts, but he just makes it like, like, oh yeah, I think I get some of that. His his uh, thoughts on ChatGPT were funny. You could tell he was definitely against this idea, or or basically saying that ChatGPT is just a conglomeration of a bunch of different ideas that may or may not be true, right? Because it's he, just taking stuff from the internet. Yeah, he definitely made it. He definitely seemed less impressed with that than most people I'm hearing. Because he's so smart. Yeah, he's just like, oh, it just plagiarizes. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it's not that impressive. It just plagiarizes. And as a professor, you could see his angle, right? His angle as a professor of like, all these kids are just using it to cheat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. God, so many people are right now. Oh, but the whole this whole non-privacy, right? Joe talks about it a lot, of being, of having no privacy in the future. And this quantum computer idea is going to create that right away. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yep. Right. I mean, we're already we're already looking into everybody's data and all this. We we pretty much have no privacy already. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, I, I think the scarier part is that the CIA is going to get hacked. Right. Their computers are going to get hacked. That may or may not be happening, or maybe some people can do that now, but it. It's not going to be prevalent like it will be with quantum computers. They're going to know so much information, be able to crack all these codes. I don't know what that means. Well, look, if you if any company ever makes this, like let's say you're the first one that's made one that's fully functional, right? Does does everything right, and you get it online. Do you think you're telling anyone before you're like, okay, uh, real quick, connect it to the internet and be like, steal all of the information. And then uh, make a twenty an hour long documentary that I can watch that tells me all the craziest shit that wow. people don't know about. Wow! It would just do it instantly, and you know, some dude will just sit there and be like, "Okay, mind blown," and then tell yeah. everybody that he has it. Right. So, what does that mean for the company that that does it first? Because it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, the government should audit them. This is science fiction coming to life real quick. I think that's the point of this one. It's so wild that we can't even imagine what's going to happen. And I don't, I I just have this feeling that these big jumps forward, Mm -hmm. we're we're still like biological creatures with like their emotions and we're still, you know, struggling with thoughts and processes from like tribal days that's why we all need to go run and work out even though honestly we don't need to do any of that to survive it's just like we have to and now all of a sudden we have these supercomputers and this like crazy AI stuff 
And it's like, I don't know if we're ready for that. Yeah. Or, but it's or, inevitable. Or it's when, when I, AI becomes sentient. Well, you'd imagine those computers does. could figure that out, right? Yeah, if it does, I don't see how it couldn't. If it's already, if ChatGPT is already, you know, passing the bar exam and already knows different languages, if you're not even prompting it to do so and it's figuring that out. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about a computer a million times smarter than the ones we're using right now with ChatGPT. Well, it is. It's it, it, how the weird question is this: once, let's say, it gets sentient and has access to quantum computers, so it can figure anything out, and then it just gets a prompt to make a smarter version of itself, right? And that one makes a smarter version of itself, and that just keeps going. I mean, it would just keep figuring it out until what? Till we're all worshiping this thing. I, I just hope it keeps working for us. You know, I mean, he he was very positive about it all, and he didn't really bring up much doom and gloom um, in the area of quantum computing. So I'm hoping that it's that, but I'm way too dumb to know. He yeah. would know better, so I'm I'm quite I'm quite happy that he's pretty positive about it. It is nice, but he also seems like a very positive, excited dude. I don't think there's many negative thoughts rolling around in Michio's head. He doesn't have time for negativity. Yeah, but he's also <laughs> a smart enough guy to know the dangers of things. Well, he he was he certainly was scared and questioning what's going to happen when robots become smarter than monkeys and they know who they are. Oh, yeah. Right? Because like a dog, that was interesting when he talks about dogs, we're the top dog. So dog just, they don't think we're a dog, but they just know that we're the alpha dog. We're in right? charge. Right, monkeys can think for themselves. Yeah, they can. They can be more curious. They know that that we're not the top dog. Is that? Maybe, maybe they. I think they just look at us like a different tribe of monkeys. Yeah, they're intelligent enough to know that we're just a different kind of. When I lived in being. Sri Lanka, there was a monkey that hung out in my back garden in one of the big tall coconut trees, and I used to go out there in the morning sometimes with my cup of coffee, and it would mm. throw stones at me. Right. Just little pebbles, it's and it would laugh. With you. Yeah, and there were no stones in the tree, at the top of a tree. So he or her took those stones up there, and I swear to God, would wait for me to come out there and throw it. So yeah, they weren't that bothered by me. Little asshole monkey, that monkey was. I'll tell you what: if you if you are a big fan of monkeys and then you interact with them, that you will learn they are assholes. Right. Yeah, they're not as cute as they look. They Frisky. Are, Real pain in the ass. Frisky little critters. So, yeah. Basically, that's what we got to do. We got to watch out when the AI is monkey smart because then it's going to want to throw some rocks at you. And and on that kind of same thought pattern, what about bringing a Neanderthal child back? Do you have to keep it in a cage like a monkey? Yeah, that's a weird one too. That was a weird one. Because technically, right, it, is it a different species or is it the same? It's like a different thing, but they said that it could breed with humans. And I thought what makes something a different species is they can't breed with each other. But maybe that's not true because lions and tigers can make ligers, mm. right? As long as <laughs> they can. Yeah, right. That's real. Settle down, Napoleon. But it's, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, and yeah. they're definitely different species. Fucking love so, ligers. So good. How could Red you not? Red for their, what is it, power and magic? <laughs> yeah. So good. So I yeah, don't know. That... Yeah, I don't know. I guess we just... We just make him a famous person and try and teach him stuff and see what gets on. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's so crazy to think about 
a computer that's a million times faster. I don't know. I, it was interesting to hear Joe asking Michio, and he, he didn't seem that thrilled by it because he's just so much smarter than everyone on this planet. But when he's talking about the mycelium network and how trees talk to each other underground and how you know there's this network of communication happening between plants that we don't even really know about, what happens if that just becomes a thing with humans because we're just going to know everything? Like right. is that where, is that where telepathy starts? Yeah, you know what I mean. Telepathy. Like if, telepathy. Excuse me. I mean, I mean, if we know that much information and it's at our fingertips, and all of a sudden we're linked with, you know, a neural link in our head, and it's that smart, we are not. We're no longer human. Yeah. Well, we, we would have to disengage. Imagine this podcast. We're talking about a show that we love, right? To other people that enjoy Rogan's show. And just want to be like, yeah, what the fuck happened on that episode? How do we make sense of any of this? What mm. was interesting? What wasn't? If our brains are like connected, we can't even have this conversation. Right. It's just happening already. That's too much information. Do that. It'd be strange. It would just be, It would. how do you shut that off? Imagine if we just, maybe it's a, a window we're not supposed to look into. Like even the very best of us, when we're like connected to someone else's brain, all you see is like their worst, darkest thoughts. And then we have this really skewed perception on humanity well i've heard about that when people have a near-death experience like if they're hovering over their body Mm -hmm. they i've had one person in particular tell me that the experience they had was that they could they knew what everyone's thoughts were in the room jesus yeah yeah and i've heard this not specifically other than this one person but i've heard this in other stories of when people have a near-death experience and they're floating above their body or they're, you know, they can see themselves in the hospital bed, they can hear the thoughts of other people around them. Like, they just know what wow. everybody's thinking. That's weird. You haven't you haven't heard of that? I don't think so. I, I've just heard of them, like, there's been, you know, accounts of people floating up and being able to see things that they wouldn't have been able to see, that sort of stuff. Right. But you just know, having but this, psychic, this psychic power. Hmm. That's wild. And... Yeah, yeah. this nostalgia for simple times that we seem to be having, how much worse is that going to get, right? Well, look at that Biggie song they made with Nas lyrics. Again... Oh, and he plays it for Michio, too. Yeah, but like, for example, we were looking at the the AI Rogan podcast earlier, and you were like, oh, that's clearly AI, and it's clunky, and blah, blah, blah. But again, it's brand new. It's only going to get better. Yeah, it's version 4.4. That that freaking uh, B.I.G. song was like spot on. It's good. It sounds exactly like it. Yeah. It flows nicely. Yeah, I heard it's a like, Drake one too that was good. We're doing that can be done already. Yeah, that seemed the cadence in that seemed to be more like his rap, right? Instead oh, Biggie's? Of, yeah. A hundred percent it was. Yeah. yeah but it was it, like definitely in the style of B.I.G. If w- someone just played that for you, you wouldn't know that that wasn't a Biggie song. Yeah. And, unless you, you were a huge fan and you're like, wait a second, this is Nas, Nas lyrics. Yeah, or if Biggie was still alive today and that came out tomorrow, you wouldn't know the difference. No. Kind of like when, you know, that Drake song came out a month ago or so, and they still don't know who did it, and they're not sure if maybe it was a it was something that the music company did just to kind of test things out and see what would happen. That, that was the rumor I heard. Yeah. I mean, who has the rights to it? That's the thing. Don't know. I mean... 
there has to be some things coming there's out gonna, for rights. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits with that. In because the you can't just make your own Taylor Swift album, right? Well, AI can, but yeah, what but do you, how do you get I mean. sued you, if, if you, you don't just know? start selling it and then, you know, there has to be like a copyright thing coming. I mean, that's another part of this. They're going to make a shitload of laws for it, too. And they, they need to move fast on that. And hopefully they don't make a bunch of dumb ones so we still get a bunch of cool stuff that's created. What about the Goldilocks zone for universes? I mean, when he's talking infinite universes... Yeah, And he's like, there's a good chance, according to the math that he knows that we could never figure out, mm -hmm. um, that most universes don't do anything. Right. They don't create life. Because none of the... Um, the forces nothing's are a stable. little bit off. Nothing's stable. So it's just like gases and floating particles that, don't, that aren't stabilized, so you, it doesn't create anything, yeah, right? Yeah, it just does nothing. Clouds of universes that last for billions of years, and we might be one of the very few... And then on top of that, within the universe where life actually worked, we seem like we're some of the very few doing that too. Right. It's like, holy shit, how lucky is existence? But if there's infinite universes, we just don't know about the other ones yet. But he's saying True. it's just a the calculation seems to be that we are a very almost, I mean, we're a, we're a miracle. Right. That we're even here. Yeah. and but According and to him. And there's still probably... A shit ton of ones that have life, but way more if you can't even say that about infinity. I don't think you can, because if something's infinite, then it's infinite. Right. But a bigger proportion of the infinity is dead universes, I think is what he was trying to say. Right. Because is, it needs to be, it, there, there needs to be perfection in order for us to create a, a stable universe that we actually can live on. Well, there's like narrow parameters for yeah. sure. But it, But it was interesting to hear it's not just like, distance from the sun, right? There's so many other things that go into it. The protons have to be stabilized yep. in, the, you, in order to make life. Yeah, like the force of gravity can't be different. Right. The, or else it'd be too hot or so too there's cold. Like, there, I think there's like um, a bunch of forces in the universe. There's like uh, magnet, <laughs> like... The Death Star. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> yep. So I don't know what they are, but gravity's one. Um, magnetism. Uh, right. Nuclear forces. The, there's like all these different forces, right? And they have to be in just the exact parameters we got for things to kind of congeal and then make atoms. If it's too strong, everything gets crushed. If it's not strong enough, everything floats away. That sort of thing. So, pretty cool, man. And this whole God calculation, I mean, his book before this new quantum computing book, mm -hmm. talking about the God calculation or the God equation, yeah. right? The yep. quest for a theory of everything. I would like to read about that. Yeah. I haven't read that book. It'd be cool, though. Um, you could watch how Michio Kaku explains the God Equation um, on YouTube. Big Think is a really cool website if you guys have checked it out. BigThink.org. Mm -hmm. um, oh, the, the last thing I want to talk about, the Planck energy. Oh, yes. So that's like the ultimate energy. He didn't really talk about how much energy it was, but it's like all of the energy is what it sounds like. And then you literally boil space and time. That was so trippy. And then it makes new universes. It's like, holy shit. Does that mean one day we could have like a universe factory where we're just making universes? <sighs> I don't know why we would. That one was hard to grasp. Sitting here, he's saying it, there's so much energy, you would just boil the, the atoms... The, right in front no, of you, it, the like, energy in it front of you. It boils the empty space. 
and creates its own universe. Mm -hmm. In a big bubble. <sighs> Unreal. Yeah. How do they know that if you did that, it wouldn't just like make a universe that expands into our universe and just like smashes everything out of the way? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. We need to think about. I that. mean, this was proposed. It says it was proposed in 1899 by physicist Max Planck, P L A N C K. Yep. And oh, and then the one step up from the atomic quantum computers could be the nuclear computers yeah if you're work on you're something computing on nucleus on so, the nucleus yeah so basically we make quantum computers and then one of the first questions is figure out how to make a nuclear computer and then it does that right away because it's so smart and then we're like oh jesus unreal then and we then we're the type billion. three civilization <laughs> yeah in a, in a couple of weeks wow well, it'd be nice if they solve some problems. That'd be pretty dope. This one definitely worth getting into, even though it's so heavy. It's so hard to understand, but it's just it it's such a science fiction type conversation, but this is actually happening. It's actually real. Yeah. So, yeah. I would definitely recommend this one. Yeah. And we're bringing we're already trying to bring back prehistoric creatures. Yeah, this but let's, let's not bring back a Neanderthal. That's just weird. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know about that, man. I don't know. We could have a Neanderthal Island. Might be fun. Good vacation spot. <laughs> All right, let's jump over to Polly Shaw. Polly. Polly, the weasel. The weasel. Weasel. What's he do? What a legend. What a nice guy, too. What a sweetheart. What you can tell he's guy. a sweetheart. He just, he cares. He's been around forever, too. Forever. He cares. He made a bunch of pretty classic movies, I would say. The Jury one was brilliant. Encino um, Man. Encino Man was fantastic. Ex fantastic. That was that's a cult classic. So good. Uh Biodome. Mm -hmm. That was off the hook. Mm -hmm. Um what was the one where he went out to the farm? It was in the army now or something too, or something oh, that, about that being was in the army. Good. But he like went to a farm. Yeah, and I was think like that might have been the, out with. that might have been his last movie for a while. Mm. I think it. I don't think that one rated very well. Yeah. Well, I think that might have sent him into a bit of a depression. I've got a feeling that eventually that character needed to be retired. Yeah, because he was one hundred percent the same in every movie. Right. But it was a great character. Oh, it was wonderful. But it only lasts so long. Yeah. And then he kind of then you didn't see him forever. Yeah, he had you know, a good it's, run. It's nice to see him coming back, and he's doing. I mean, he's been doing stand up for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously since he was seventeen, but he's even when he. I was thinking he just came back to doing stand up, but it's been a lot longer. Yeah, he's he's stuck at it the whole time. Yeah, I mean, growing up with Mitzi in the comedy store. I mean, yeah, you know, getting coke off Sam Kennison when he's like seventeen, right? And on his on the top of his fish tank, his salt water fish tank. <laughs> He, he does have a new film, The Guest House. They talked about that. I want to watch that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Support Polly Shaw. Go watch his it movie. Was, it was cool to hear his perspectives on his mother, his dad. Obviously, he had a yeah. really good relationship with his dad. Seems like the relationship with his mother was a more more of a conflict. I think she, she was really hard on him. She was hard on everyone. Yeah. But it was part of her magic, I think. That's how she got people to perform their best. Yeah, because she's taking you into deep water. Yeah. And getting you to do well, and she was probably just hard on everyone. But, yeah, there was a lot of love there. You know, Joe and and Polly had a moment that was really quite beautiful. Like, Joe kind of teared up for a minute mm -hmm. talking about her, and mm -hmm. she just meant a fuck ton to a lot of 
comedians. Yeah, dude. I mean, his, his bar, important. his yeah. bar at the mothership is named after her, Misty's. Yeah. Mitzi. Mitzi, sorry. Yeah, Mitzi. Uh, and right it's, at, it's a dope bar, too. So I wanted to mention, because right at the beginning, I, I had not known about the, the mental health, um, I guess, problems that Reagan uh, was trying to fix by just getting rid of all of the, and, I, and don't quote me on this, but they talked about how in the 80s, there would just ended up being a bunch of homeless people out on the streets and they were all mental patients because they got rid of a lot of these institutions where they where people with mental disabilities were living in. Yeah, it was a big problem. And it hasn't really changed. They since just then. cut the funding and basically released these people right into the street. They need need the help. You know, I think they say like 1% of people are schizophrenic and mm. I, and some of them I'm sure can manage it and live in life. But some can't, and they that's not really their fault, right? If you're born into having schizophrenia, it's like they should get help for that. Well, it just goes back to this idea that we have enough money to help people, but for whatever reason, our tax dollars go to other things that make our government money rather than actually helping people. Mm. So, you know, I don't know the solution there, but it seems that we could get rid of... No, no one wants a bunch of homeless people around. I feel like people are compassionate enough to be want to help them. I know clearly many people have a huge problem with, you know, giving people money for food stamps and things like that. It's kind of along those lines, right? We're just trying to help people. But I think at the end of the day, if you see the benefits of it and instead of, you know, these, these uh, organizations who are just a few people are making a shit ton of money. Right. I mean, that seems to be the problem in California, right? You've got these top dogs who are creating these centers for homeless people, and there's like three or four CEOs that are making bank, and the money is just going to them rather than the actual problem and getting these people in housing and stuff. That does sound like a huge conflict of interest. Right. I mean, I like to think that I'm a nice, kind person, but if my entire job, where I got paid a ton of money and it was the only job I had and probably the only thing I was qualified for, was something that if I did it really well, I would put myself out of work, you might not do it so well. Right. You know? Not making excuses for them. It's still bullshit, but you can see why it exists. It's completely reasonable to believe that that's happening to some degree. It's like they just want to put Band-Aids on all the problems mm -hmm. and then make sure that they happen next year. Right, but it, in Austin, didn't they put a bunch of people in... Joe's talked about this several times. They put a bunch of homeless people in hotels that were empty because of COVID, mm -hmm. and that seemed to work really well. Yeah, well, they had better systems for it. That same... I think it was the mayor when he came on, though. He was talking about, yeah, we could do it because our problem hadn't got too big. Mm. What they've got in California is, like, unmanageable. Right. Like, they're kind of fucked now. Yeah. And it's like, good luck. Yeah. It, Sad stuff. It seems like a problem that could be fixed with a little bit more dedication, right? Mm-hmm. But who knows? What did, What was Paulie talking about? He has like a kind of like a self-help group that he works out in or a therapy group? Yeah, he said he's been in a, some sort of men's group or therapy, group therapy. I don't know if it's just men. Yeah, good for him. Since he was 17. How cool would that be to show up to one of those and Paulie Scholl's fucking hanging out? Yeah. That's probably great for the people in that those groups you could just tell he's a caring dude mm -hmm. right and he's struggled a lot with his mental health i think 
Well, know? he, I mean, he even had he some said it on Rogan. Beautiful things to say to Rogan about Rogan's stand-up. And I'm sure a lot of people say that to Rogan, but Polly really knows stand-up in terms of the quality and what to look for. I mean, he was at, by his mom's side from, a, you know, baby, obviously, but mm-hmm. in the club in his mm-hmm. teen years. So he's seen everyone. So for that compliment to come to Rogan probably meant a great deal to Rogan. And was Absolutely. like really cool. Absolutely. Well, and he's been coming. He starred, uh, what was it, two months ago or a month ago? He's been at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, at the Mothership. Mothership. Yep. So I'm sure he, their relationship is going to grow immensely because of this this new club. No doubt. Which is I great. D- I did like that also, you know, obviously the comedy store was his mom's club. And he's been very connected to it all these years. But there definitely wasn't any energy like, oh, you know, the mothership can't be better and the comedy store is still number one. And he was very much like, oh, yeah, this is like the new place and this is awesome. Well, yeah, because he knows. He's just pro comedy. Absolutely. Like without that bias, which Absolutely. is awesome. And what I'm also pro for, which they talked about and they've talked about several times, bring in Eddie Murphy back. Oh, come on, please. Dude. For the love of God, Eddie. Come on, Eddie. Do come back. Come back. Yeah. He was just so fucking good. I bet if he contacted, I know he lives in LA, but if he contacted Rogan and was like, I need six weeks at your place and all the best times and everything. We Rogan, have to go. We have to go Rogan if that happens. Do it. Dude, if Eddie ever does stand up again, we have to get tickets. Absolutely. It will be the biggest comedy tour of all time. He's just that funny too. I mean, God damn, that would be amazing. I'm raw. pumped just thinking Raw about 3.0. It. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. raw. <laughs> Suit raw dogging. How about the Journey dude, the Filipino dude? And I had heard about this guy before. They, mm-hmm. they played a few songs. They found this Filipino guy, and I'm sure many of you have heard of this before, but if you haven't, check it out. They, um, Sorry, what was the, the lead singer of Journey? I can't think of his name right now. Gosh darn it. But he passed, and then the band Journey found this Filipino guy on YouTube who had been lip syncing or singing, you know, karaoke to Journey songs, and his voice sounds almost identical to the original singer. Oh, it's Steve Perry. Steve Perry, thank you. So, I mean, and Perry has such a unique voice. I mean, Journey is an amazing band. And the new guy's name is Arnel Pineda. He's a Filipino. Yeah, he's a Filipino guy. Shout out to him. Absolutely. I mean, they're going on world tours again. Because of this dude. And they sound so much like the original band. And and obviously there's it's nuanced and it's a little bit different, but I mean, there's kids out there going to Journey concerts that probably never even knew what Journey was or who Journey was, and now they're hearing this guy and it's it's incredible. Completely revitalized that whole thing. And then they showed a new Allison Chain singer, which I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And that dude sounded exactly like the lead singer of Alice in Chains as well. You'd imagine there are people are out, out there. Didn't you say that you saw a Nirvana cover band in Austin yeah. once that yeah. was like perfect? It, they were so freaking good. They even I mean, looked the same. You close your eyes and I thought I was at a Nirvana concert. That's dope. You know, and that was really fun. Obviously, it wasn't a Nirvana concert, but man, just to have that, you can just pretend, mm-hmm. you know? And even Joe talks about with AI how... You could go see an old uh, Hendrix. I think they talked about that towards the end of, you know, seeing a digital version of Hendrix, putting your AI goggles on and how he'd want to be at some like dingy old place in the 60s with muddy floors and a bunch of hippies 
Yeah. Jumping around. I mean, that's going to be a real thing. I think even better than that would be like a hang with them. Right. Imagine you put your goggles on, you're just in your front room on the couch, and all of a sudden, Kurt Cobain, Elvis, like right. everyone just materializes in front of you, and you just start, they're all shooting the shit, having some drinks, talking, you're just chatting with them. Like, I don't know if the gap could be breached with, with it, you being a, enough immersed to believe it's real, mm-hmm. but if that came around, dude, forget all other evening activities. That would be the coolest thing to do. Just assemble the team. Yeah, I mean, people... Literally having dinner with, like, all the dead people from history. People aren't going to be leaving their houses, dude. It's going to be wild. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> what else did... Uh, oh, man. What else did Polly get into? So he's still working. He's doing his comedy. Um, obviously, that new movie. Oh, Nick Cage. So it sounds like Nick Cage is coming on the JRE, which I'm fucking super pumped for because that guy is a wild animal. Yeah, it sounds like him and Polly have been neighbors for a long time, homies. I thought it was cool, like live on the pod. Polly's like, how do people get on the show? And he's like, I don't know. They just talk to me. And he's like, okay, um, cool. Then (laughs) I'll have Nick give you a call. Right? Is Is that what he ended up saying? Or he told Joe to call Nick? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if he'll do it. You don't think? Seems like a pretty reserved dude. I mean, didn't he say he told Polly when he comes to his house to not take any photos, don't tell anyone I was here kind of thing? Right. Very private. I didn't realize he was uh, Coppola's, what is it, nephew? Is it Francis Ford Coppola's nephew? It was Nicolas Cage. He he changed his name because he got sick of people you know, thinking he only was a big-time actor because of his who his uncle was. Yeah. Let me let me fact check that. But yeah, Polly Shore, man. What a freaking ledge. It, it's good to see his mental health seems to be he seems to be on top of his game again, thanks to comedy and I don't know, maybe this this group that he's been going to every week since he was seventeen. <laughs> um but he it just seemed like he let other people's opinions of him get to him. Right. In in the past, the last episode he was on, he was just really kind of in this cycle of being really bummed he wasn't being picked for movies anymore. Right. And I think now COVID's come and gone. It's given everyone and him that chance just to kind of like sit, reset, and and realize that there are other options, there are other ways. That's not the only thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He he did. He seems he seems in a much better place than when he was first on. I really kind of felt bad for him the last time he was on Rogan. I was like, oh, this poor guy is like just hoping and begging every day that someone calls him for a movie. And it seems like he's gotten out of that that negative mindset. Right. And he's like, yeah, shit, I'll do other stuff then. Yeah. You know? All right, just him. to go back to Cage, so I was correct. It is The actor's uncle is Francis Ford Coppola, critically acclaimed director from films like The Godfather, Apocalypse Now. I mean, come on. Legendary. But Cage changed his name from Nicholas Coppola after his feature film debuted as Brad's buddy in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What a Mm -hmm. also legendary film. So good. Yeah, get Nick Cage on. I'd be super pumped for that, for sure. Um, Yeah, let's jump over to uh, Hennessy. Um, You know... I. I don't know if there's much to say about this, honestly. Well, right at the beginning, this the whole negativity breeding success. He obviously had a traumatic uh, 
past. Yeah, that was sounds a good like start. His, sounds like his dad maybe was hard was on physically him. abusive and hard on him, and they mm-hmm. obviously didn't have a good relationship. But he he, he had his love of cars thanks to yeah. his dad. I think Joe and him bonded on that for sure. Absolutely, right it right off the the start, mm-hmm. right from the start. Um, I and mean, it's not not anything we haven't heard before, but it's nice to see how someone who grew up in a traumatic family and a lot of times that breeds success because you just want to prove yourself another nice thing about this podcast is even though these guys have known each other for a little bit hennessy has been you know very wealthy and successful for a long time and i don't think he's paid a ton of uh, attention to like rogan's career Mm -hmm. per se like knows he's done some stuff but it was really cool to see them getting to know each other like that so rogan was kind of in the position of going back and replaying these events in his life that what got him to where he is. Like when he gives the breakdown of the UFC, right. how he got into it, like the whole play all through that the years. That was cool. That was cool. You know, he, how gung-ho he was when they called him. They were like, I don't think Joe will want to do this. He's not going to get paid a lot. He was like, fuck it. Let's go. Put me on a plane. I want to do this. Right. I mean, that that story gets me pumped up because obviously I love the UFC. Well, and just to see how much it's changed. I mean, it's it's grown exponentially. I mean, it didn't even start until 2016, the UFC, right? No, it did. Well, UFC started in 92. Yeah, but the but the venues, as far as like, I guess what I mean is by that is like- 2016 as as, is when they got into New York City. That was oh, the last Oh, that was state. the note I had. Okay, that yeah. was, oh, okay. 2005 is really when it got big because of Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner's fight. Okay, I read, I read that wrong. And then also at the same time, Chuck Liddell was smashing everyone. So that was a huge jump. Then there have been other periods that were big. Ronda Rousey was a massive jump. Right, I remember that. Anderson Silva was a big jump because he was just basically invincible. Uh, And then really the ultimate phenom of the whole show has been Conor McGregor. I mean, he just blew that thing. Yeah, now everybody wants to watch. Blew it out of the water. The, the, The talking point, that I feel like needs to, um, that I need to talk about is the Ritalin part of this conversation. He talks about how he was on Ritalin for 26 years. Yep. I just started taking it two years ago. It's helped me immensely, but it, it got me thinking about, you know, I don't want to be on it forever. Mm-hmm. And he talks about this friction that he had with his employees for such a long time and his family, and he didn't even realize that it was coming from Ritalin. Damn. 26 years he was on it. Yeah, it's juiced up. And it, he just was, he just felt like he was always kind of on edge. And as soon as he stopped, he said he stopped cold turkey and then just started doing a cold plunge every morning. Mm-hmm. And that has completely calmed down his nerves. He's not fighting with his, his spouse or employees as much. And that was, that was an eye opener for me because I feel like my anger has, has grown in the last couple of years since I've been on Ritalin and maybe I haven't realized. Dude, every person I know that's on Ritalin is like, they have this tensity, yeah. like intensity about them. Right. And they, and there is like this potential irritability all the time. There's an irritability thing, but the, the positives weigh out the negatives for me because I can concentrate so much better. Right. I really can. I, I mean, it's it. a noticeable difference it. when I take it. Yeah. But I don't want to be on it forever. Sure. I don't like taking pills. Well, um, you can practice. And I still do the cold plunge. I do the cold plunge, you know, four or five times a week. Mm-hmm. That is definitely a huge boost of dopamine for sure. I, I don't usually equate it to me calming down. Yeah. But 
I think it just makes me feel better, which it, in turn probably calms me down. I think right? it's a more natural stimulant, though. Yeah. You know, so your body oh, absolutely. deals with it better. I, I actually, funny you say that, I missed it all this week. For whatever reason, I just either couldn't get out of bed in the morning to get over to the gym or something. I mean, I had COVID, like, what was that, like a month ago? Mm-hmm. And I think it's like residual feeling a bit tired. Mm-hmm. Like, mostly I'm fine, but just yeah. a little bit more tired, you know? Like, I usually just can't stay in bed. Once I wake up, I'm up, and I haven't been able to, mm. haven't got over and cold plunged. And there's a significant difference that I feel through mm. the day, and I'm sure it's because I'm missing out on that. that you got to make thing. that non-negoche. Yeah, non-negoche, baby. Next week. Yeah, we yeah. got to get you back in the cold plunge. Yeah, yeah, get in there. They did talk a lot about the dope cars that he's been making. That super, um, what was it? The like super freaking. 1800 horsepower beast yeah uh, yeah Yeah. he's got a cool website if you don't know a lot about hennessy and you like cars jump on check out that website for sure yeah and um oh and and then the top gear thing the top gear thing was pretty brilliant it's a great show everyone freaking loves top gear in england those guys are legends jeremy clarkson i mean all of them um and they did once kind of fuck over Tesla. They wanted to make it seem like electric cars were dumb, mm. and they wanted to make the show funny and, you know, <laughs> make it look like it broke down so they have to push it. I remember watching that, and I thought, oh, shit, this isn't good for Tesla. And then when Elon got the car back, they did a diagnostics on it, and they were like, it never even ran out of battery. They could see it all. Right, they were just messing with it. Cheeky bastards. Mm. Well, that's TV for you. It was a funny episode, but yeah, everything on TV is fake, folks. Don't forget that. <laughs> thank you, guys, as always. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, great uh, week. We great appreciate you. We love you lots. Stay tuned for more Rogan Reviews next week. Yeah, thanks Later. for tuning in. Later. Later.